0: Father, we thank you so much for your word to us. Uh, We pray this morning, uh, as we take a closer look at this Hebrews passage uh, and the topic of encouraging one another, Uh, we pray that we might be encouraged by you uh, and what you've done for us uh, so that we might be better equipped to encourage one another to the end. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, as many of you know, uh, we restarted our night church service uh, back in September. Uh, We we used to run night church, uh, then over COVID... Lots of things happened, um, uh, but we stopped Night Church for a while, restarted it. We're currently meeting in our home, uh, in the rumpus room. Uh, It's been great. Uh, We have dinner in the garage afterwards. Uh, We have a a great time at Night Church. Uh, But because it's a a new service, it's a new community uh, that's building, right? Church is a a gathering of people. Uh, So the question is, what kind of gathering will we be? What kind of community will we be? What kind of people will we be? Uh, And so as we restarted Night Church, we began with a sermon series looking at the one another commands in the New Testament. How should we treat one another? Uh, And so uh, you may have noticed then that we're preaching different sermons. At Morning Church and Night Church. Uh, so this morning, uh, because I didn't have time to prepare two different sermons, uh, you get a sneak peek uh, into uh, what we're doing at Night Church. Uh, so you get to jump kind of into the middle of our series uh, and then we'll be back to our normal series at Morning Church next week. Uh, but because we're partway through the series, I need to catch you up uh, on where we've been uh, so you can kind of get a bit of a picture of, uh, of what we've looked at so far. Uh, we started in week one uh, looking at uh, what Paul says in Romans 12, that we're members of one another, we're one body in Christ. So the first one wasn't really a command, it was a who are we, right? Because, because what we do comes out of who we are. So who are we? We're members of one another, one body in Christ. And so that means we have responsibilities towards one another, to treat each other in certain ways. And so the rest of the series is kind of a working out of what this means. What does it look like? If we're members of one another, if we're one body in Christ, then what responsibilities do we have towards one another? So week two, we saw that we should love one another. This is kind of really the overarching command of the whole Bible. Uh, Paul says at one point that the whole Old Testament, every single command that there is, uh, can be summed up in love your neighbour as yourself, and of course, Jesus himself said the first and most important command, love the Lord your God. Second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. So God showed his love for us by sending Jesus in our place to die for our sins. Since God loved us, so we should love one another. Then the next week, week three, we looked at the command to forgive one another. God has forgiven us and so we should forgive one another. In fact, we must forgive one another or God won't forgive us. That's actually what Jesus says as he teaches his disciples how to pray the Lord's Prayer. We must forgive one another. And there should be a particular pattern to this. We looked at a uh, passage in Matthew uh, that said that when somebody sins against us, we should rebuke them. And then if they repent, we should forgive them. Week four, we looked at the command to welcome one another. Church is full of people who are different from us. And it's difficult to welcome people that are different. And so we need to work hard at welcoming one another. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the command to bear one another's burdens. Jesus bore our burdens. He bore the burden of sin. He died in our place. And so we should be people who bear one another's burdens. People who restore sinners gently, who walk alongside the sick and struggling. We should be people who grieve with those who grieve and suffer with those who suffer. We should bear one another's burdens. Then last week we looked at the command to bear with one another, to be patient with one another. God has been patient with us, and so we must be patient with one another. This week uh, we're looking at that Hebrew passage. Uh, Hebrews passage and we're thinking about our words. What do we say to one another and how do we say it? How do we speak to one another? Because words have power. Words have power. God's word particularly has great power. He created the world by speaking. His word brings life. But listen to these verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 16.24, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. Some of you might remember those verses from James talking about how the tongue is like a fire. It, It sets a whole forest on fire. It's such a small part of the body and yet it determines the whole course of our existence. Words are powerful. The tongue is powerful. Words have the power to bring death or life. And so, if we're members of one another, if we're called to love one another here at church, then we need to think carefully about how we use our words. And the writer of Hebrews says in that passage we read, Hebrews chapter 3, particularly we should be people who encourage one another. People who encourage one another. Now we're going to start with the why. Why We're going to ask a few questions uh, as we go through it. The first question is why, why should we encourage one another? Uh, I support the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, in the A-League. That's soccer or football for those who... Uh, perhaps ignorant of the finer things in life. Um, and uh, I, I enjoy watching them. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a draw against Brisbane Raw yesterday, which is disappointing. But um, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy going to games when I can. Um, but I don't, I don't really need someone to encourage me to, to support them, right? I don't, I don't need encouragement to keep going to games and to keep, you know, keep watching them. I support them because I enjoy it. And as long as I enjoy it, I keep supporting them. I don't need somebody to to come along and, and encourage me. You know, Dan, keep supporting them, keep going. But when it comes to living as Christians, when it comes to living as disciples of Jesus, we actually need encouragement. And the reason is there in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. If you've got a Bible, keep that open in front of you. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. I'm going to be reading from the CSB version because that's what we use at Night Church. Um, might be slightly different in the NIV. It says, encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Encourage one another so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. There's a deceitfulness to sin, isn't there? Sin promises happiness. It promises pleasure and joy in life. To live our own way. To decide for ourselves what's good and evil. It promises happiness. And it sometimes delivers, doesn't it? For a little while. But sin always leads to death and judgment. It's like gambling, right? It's easy to get pulled in by the promise of of rewards. And, And there's a bit of a thrill. But you know, if you go to a casino, you know that in the long run, the house will always win. In the long run, you will always lose. Sin is like that. In the long run, you will always lose. Sin leads to God's judgment, but it's deceitful, isn't it? It's attractive. And it offers us that immediate reward, that immediate pleasure, that immediate thrill. It's natural to sin. And we all do it. And so, the writer of Hebrews says, we must encourage one another so that none of us are hardened by sin's deception and turn away from Christ. Because, he keeps going in verse 14, have a look with me, he says, For we have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the reality we had at the start. He says, if we don't continue to the end, if we don't hold firmly to Jesus to the end, if we turn away from him before our life ends or before Jesus returns, then we will not be saved. And so he says, encourage one another. Encourage one another. That's why we need encouragement. Because sin is deceitful. Because sin pulls us in. And it's so easy to get pulled in and to turn away from Jesus. But there's actually another why, isn't there? Because when he says, encourage one another, when the writer of Hebrews here says, encourage one another, he means all of us. The people we like and get along with and admire, and the people we don't like, the people we don't get along with, the people we don't admire. We all have people we we like, right? People who we want to keep believing in Jesus and make it to the end. But in a church, in any church, there will be people who we don't get along with. There will be people we don't like. There will be people that perhaps, in the dark sinfulness of our hearts, perhaps we might think we don't really mind if they stop coming. We wouldn't be that fussed if they don't make it to the end. What's going to motivate us to encourage those people that we don't like, that we don't get along with, that we don't agree with? Because we're called to encourage one another, all of us, not just the ones we like. Well, as always, we've been looking at this whole series at Night Church. As always, our motivation comes from God. We encourage one another because God has encouraged us. How? By speaking words. What we have here in the Bible... What we have here is God speaking words through the prophets in the Old Testament, through Jesus in the New. And these words have a purpose. There's a reason why God spoke these words. There's a reason why we have these books in the Bible. What's that reason? That we might believe in Jesus, that we might trust in him and hold firmly to the end. In Romans 15 it says this, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Everything in this book has been written for our encouragement. Every single word that God has spoken was spoken to encourage us. God has said exactly what we need to hear. To trust in Jesus. To keep going. To not be pulled in by the deceitfulness of sin. But to hold firmly to Jesus. And he did that, not when we were at our best. Not when we were likeable. Not when we were righteous. But when we were at our worst. He did that while we were sinners. And so if God loved us in this way, if God encouraged us in this way, then we must encourage one another. So then how? What does it look like to encourage one another? What kinds of things will we say if we're going to be people that encourage one another? When you think about encouraging someone, or someone encouraging you, if you're anything like me, you think of people saying nice things, right? People saying positive things, things that make you feel good. Things like, you're a really great person to be around. Or you're really good at that. People telling you you did really well, right? That's, that's what often I think of as encouragement. That's encouraging someone, saying nice things and, and positive things. But encouraging one another is actually deeper than that. It's actually more than just saying nice things to one another. Things that make people feel good about themselves. See, according to this passage in Hebrews, the purpose of encouragement is to keep us from sin. To keep us from being hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encouragement is about keeping us from turning away from Jesus. Encouragement is about helping one another hold firmly to Jesus to the end. Encouragement is saying what needs to be said in order to help someone keep going. To help them keep trusting in Jesus and turning away from sin. Imagine a race, a running race, cross country, something like that. Most of you have probably gone to school. I didn't, so I have no idea what it's like. I'm just imagining here, right? Um, cross-country, the kids are coming up that last hill, right? Towards the finish line, they're tired, they're struggling, they're exhausted, they look like they want to give up. And all, all the parents are there at the side of the track. I don't know if parents... Do parents go to cross-country? I don't know. Imagine the situation, right? Um, the parents are by the side of the track, right? Right? And what are they doing? They see their kid coming up the hill, exhausted, looking like they want to give up, out of breath, they're slowing down. What do the parents do? They say what their kid needs to hear to keep going, don't they? Things like, keep going, right? You can do it. You're almost there, just a bit more. They say what their kid needs to hear to help them keep going so that they endure and push through to the end. That's encouragement. Saying things that help others want to be a better Christian. Things that make them want to keep going, keep trusting in Jesus, even when life is tough, even when sin looks enticing. Encourage one another. Say what needs to be said. So that others might keep going. But this actually needs... We need to know each other, don't we? We won't be able to encourage one another if we don't know one another. See, how can I say what you need to hear if I don't know you? If I don't know what you're struggling with, if I don't know what you're afraid of, if I don't know your doubts and struggles then I won't know what to say. The more we know each other, the more deeply we know each other, the more we'll be able to encourage one another. So often, our relationships are very surface level. We'll talk talk with people who we have common interests with. And we'll talk about our common interests, whether that's the wanderers, video games, gardening. I don't know how many of you like gardening, but... Don't talk to me about gardening, I know nothing. But, but that's often what we do, is we find people with common interests or in a common life stage, and we talk about those things. We talk about what we have in common, we talk about what's, you know, what's happening in each other's lives on a, a pretty surface level, uh, and, then, and then we say goodbye, and we go home. And then next week we come in and, and do the same thing again. And that, that's natural, that, that's fine, and that's a good start. But if we don't go deeper than that with one another here at church then we'll never be able to encourage one another properly. We can try I mean I can try and encourage you and try to say what you need to hear so that you keep going but it's going to be a stab in the dark isn't it? <laughs> might be helpful might actually be unhelpful we need to know each other. If we're going to use our words powerful words to say things that people need to hear to keep going then we need to know one another. So let's get beyond surface level so that we can really encourage one another. When someone asks you how you're going, we're going to have morning tea after the service. When someone asks you how you're going at morning tea, you're probably going to give one of three answers. right? You're either going to say, you know, how are you going? You'll say, oh yeah, I've been pretty busy. Right? That's, that's number one. Um, or, you'll say, yeah, pretty good. How are you? Or, if you had a really, really rubbish week, you'll say, oh, yeah, all right, right? None of them are particularly genuine, are they? None of them are particularly deep. We can do better than that. So if somebody gives you one of those answers this morning, ask them how they're really going. Join a growth group. If you're not part of a growth group, join a growth group. You'll get to know people on a deeper level. Meet up with someone one-on-one. Let's get to know one another deeply so that we might encourage one another. One more point. Finally, where? Where is this going to happen? Where will we encourage one another? In Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. These verses have been on my mind for the last couple of years. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. Not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Church is a gathering. It's a gathering of people. And it's in the gathering that we encourage one another. Now, of course, this was written in the days when they didn't have smartphones, right? And computers and things. There was no, You didn't have iMessage or WhatsApp or whatever of the million messaging apps you use. You couldn't pick up the phone and call someone to encourage them. If you wanted to encourage someone to speak with them, you needed to meet with them. You needed to see them face to face. Now, we can send encouraging messages to one another. We can pick up the phone and and call one another to encourage one another. And we should do those things. But there's something about gathering together, isn't there? It's something about being in the same place physically as another person. That's just better, isn't it? It's better than messaging. It's better than phone calls. Better than meeting on Zoom. I hate Zoom. There's one thing I've learned over the last couple of years, doing church, growth group, youth group, all on Zoom, is that there is no substitute for being together. It's when we meet together It's in this gathering that we encourage one another. This is the place, this is the context where we encourage one another. Now, of course, that's not always going to happen, is it? We're sinful, aren't we? Every pastor has his strengths and weaknesses. Not every sermon is going to be particularly encouraging, particularly engaging or motivating. Sometimes the service might feel flat. Sometimes, because of our our sinfulness, our inadequacies, our our weaknesses, sometimes we will come to church and we will feel perhaps unloved, unwanted, and discouraged. We might feel like people are uninterested or insincere. Now, this shouldn't be. These things shouldn't be. This shouldn't happen when we come to church. And we should make every effort to make sure it doesn't happen because this is the context this is where we encourage one another when we gather together and so we must work hard when we come together when we gather together to look for opportunities and to take every opportunity to encourage one another if each one of us comes with the goal of encouraging others of saying what others need to hear to help them keep going Keep trusting in Jesus. Keep repenting. Keep turning away from sin. If we come to church looking for opportunities to encourage people, then with some time and practice, our meetings together will become more warm, more genuine and more encouraging. That's not to say they aren't at the moment. But they will become all the more these things. Church will be something we look forward to with eager anticipation each week. When other things come up on a Sunday morning we'll be reluctant to say yes. And we'll only say yes if we really have to because we really don't want to miss coming to church. Because every time we come to church we're spurred on. We leave each week glad we came. Isn't that the kind of community we want to be? Isn't that the kind of community that others would want to join? Isn't that the kind of community that will bring glory to God? So let's be a church that encourages one another. Let's be a church that chooses our words carefully. Because words are powerful. They bring life or death. And let's be people who say what others need to hear. Things that make them want to be a better Christian. Things that make them want to keep going, even when life is tough and when sin looks enticing. Let's pray that God would help us do that. Father, thank you that you know us deeply. Thank you that you love us and that you've given us your word to encourage us and to spur us on. Father, please help us be people who encourage one another. People who love one another, who know each other deeply and who know you and your word deeply. Please equip us by your word. Prepare us to encourage one another. And then as we gather together, please help us look for opportunities, to take every opportunity to encourage those around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.